You're listening to Sifford's Radio, episode number 107, and today is the last episode in our summer series, Your Most Embarrassing Health Questions Answered. Today, I'm answering three questions about warts, painful sex, and hair loss. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. My name's Alexa and I'm the host. This is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today is the last podcast in our summer series of your most embarrassing health questions answered, and I'm so excited to dive in. I couldn't pick just one more question, so I wanted to answer three, again, of the most popular questions that I get right here. So we're gonna dive into warts from all types and how to get rid of them naturally, as well as painful sex and thinning hair. I think these are pretty great topics and probably questions that you have too, or if you don't have them now, at some point in your life, you probably will. So stay tuned. But before we get to the show, I just wanna remind you that there are five other episodes in this series of your most embarrassing health questions. We've answered everything from body odor to how to tell if your poop is healthy or not. I mean, we answered everything. So make sure you head back over the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 107 to get all of the other episodes in this series, as well as more information about what we're going to talk about today. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for my email list because on there, I have some special things, free classes coming out your way. So make sure while you're at the show notes, you sign up for my free weekly newsletter and you'll get all the details inside. Okay, now let's get right to the show because I promise that these bonus episodes are quick and short and effective, so that's what I wanna do. First up, we're gonna talk about warts. Now, there are a lot of different types of warts, and we're not gonna get into the specifics of all of them just for the sake of the length of the show. But what you need to know is that warts all come from a virus. Most all of them actually come from the human papilloma virus, or HPV, and this happens when you have like a cut or something on your hand or your foot, and the virus is able to enter from something you touch or touching another wart. So the virus enters our body and it creates this small, typically hard benign growth on the skin, which again is a result of a virus. They're usually found on the fingers, hands, elbows, and the knee area, kind of where you tend to see maybe more calluses occur. But of course, you can get genital warts as well, and it's all, again, from the same virus, although much different strains. So why do we get warts? Well, again, it's due to a virus entering our body. So some believe that maybe more people are susceptible to warts, especially if they have a compromised immune system, and we see them more often in kids who are really developing their immune system still. So yes, there are times in our life when warts are more common, especially during pregnancy, or again, when you're a child or have a compromised immune system, maybe you have another virus going on and you picked up something else as well. So we can see warts in all different parts of this. Now, the big question I get with warts is, does it really matter if you wear shoes in a public shower? And here's the deal, yes, warts are contagious. It's a virus and it can spread like any other virus. And so if you're walking around on the floor of a public restroom or a shower unit, barefoot and you have a small cut or you touch an area that's been infected with someone else's virus, then yes, you can pick that up yourself. In fact, there's been studies done that show a 30% increase in wart rates for those people who walk around barefoot in public showers. So again, in the summertime, we often see warts pop up and it really is believed because of pools um, and showers and bathrooms where maybe you're using them outside and not at home as often. So yes, wear shoes in the shower. 
Warts, again, are usually not harmful. They are more annoying and they look worse than anything. And here's the thing, they can spread. So touching them and playing with them can make them spread, especially planter warts. If you don't get it stopped, it will spread all over. So you need to get them stopped. Now, obviously, there are lots of techniques to get rid of warts um, all over our body. You can go to the doctor. You can keep them frozen off. There's over-the-counter medication that you can use. But there's also some natural ways. Now, my kids have had warts in the past, and I have done different treatments for them and myself that have really been effective. So I'm going to give you a few of the things that I've done as well as an additional few things that you could do. One is for my kids is that I just used electrical tape to basically kill the warts. Now this works because warts need oxygen in order to grow and to thrive. So basically by taping them off, you're preventing the airflow, which then kills the wart and some say the virus, although that's debatable. You'll often hear this method used with duct tape. However, I felt like duct tape was kind of abrasive to the skin, and so instead I used electrical tape. You have to buy the really good kind of electrical tape, and then you just basically tape it off. Now, you want it to be on, taped on fully without any air contact for a solid week to two weeks. This seems impossible with kids, and what I had to do was put the electrical tape on and then put band-aids on. And for whatever reason, I had to keep applying them. Now, when I did this to myself, it really stayed on really well. Um, and so I didn't need to reapply as often. But for the kiddos, I had to do it multiple times a day. Now, if it becomes sensitive under there, because the kids were falling off, I would let them take baths without it on. Um, but I would always reapply it every night. So trying to basically to prevent the airflow as much as possible for the first two weeks. And then you again, take it off, let them soak in a bath, let them have it off overnight, and then put it on the next day. So you just repeat this process until the wart is completely gone. For one of my girls, it only took probably four weeks for this to happen, which seems like forever, but it really is a non-invasive way to do this. And you don't notice the tape there. Like it doesn't make it hurt anymore or anything like that. So it went away completely. We never had to deal with it again. Now for me, I wanted to try something else. So I did the apple cider regimen, which basically is just apple cider soaked cotton ball and you put it on the wart and then you put a bandage over it. And you wanna do that consistently again over time. This is a much quicker way to get rid of the warts. However, it can be more painful. And the first day after I did this, it was so sore, um, but it really went away quickly. And then I was able to do it. Now it did make my wart go away, but it came back. So I'm concerned that it didn't kill the virus. It just got rid of the wart itself. Um, and it did come back. So I'm gonna try the tape version for me as well. Now I have heard that if you mix apple cider vinegar with some kind of essential oil, like oregano oil or frankincense is known for this, it can then help kill the virus itself. So to do this, you basically take some apple cider vinegar with, you know, take a teaspoon of, or a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and a couple of drops of frankincense oil. Some even say adding a few drops of coconut oil as a carrier and you soak a cotton ball in that place it on the wart and tape it on and you just continuously repeat that again until the wart is gone. Now I think if you have a planter wart for adults, you also need to use like a pumice stone and really scratch off the wart too, um, which sounds really disturbing, but that is really, again, how you get rid of the wart. So you just keep repeating these natural remedies until they're gone. Now, of course, if this is an immune-based problem, then you also need to enhance your immune system. So you can use things like zinc, silver nitrate, um, and other nutrients, and just eating a, a nutrient-rich food without a lot of sugar to help boost your immune system. 
So that's the little take on warts. If you have warts, make sure you head on over to the show notes and I'll share more of those natural remedies for you to try out. But like I said, I found them to be effective on my family and myself, and I think you will as well. Okay, now we're gonna move on to painful sex. Painful sex is not as common as most people believe. Now, however, there is always gonna be pain from time to time, but extremely painful sex, I always say, is something that warrants going to the doctor. This is a subject that I don't play around with very often because there's a lot of causes of painful sex. Some can be really serious. Some are not serious at all. So how do you tell if you need to go to the doctor? I would say persistent painful sex. If you know it's more cyclical, like it comes and goes kind of with different phases of your cycle, that's stuff that you can work on naturally by yourself. But if it's persistently causing pain and extreme pain at that, you really should get it checked out because it can be caused to inflammation of the bladder and other causes of the bladder. It can be caused by um, cysts, fibroids, tumors. I mean, there's all sorts of problems that can cause this. There's pelvic inflammatory disease, endometriosis, uterine pro- prolapse, and retroversion, which all need medical attention to be dealt with. So I'm not gonna touch on this one too much because I really think it's a sensitive subject and I don't want people to live in pain too long from something that's supposed to be intended to be really healthy for us. And so if you're having painful sex, always go to a medical professional. Now, however, if you feel like it's just caused by dryness, um, that can be dealt with, right? Like we can increase lubrication naturally, um, that's hormonal changes. And also if you think it just is cyclical. So sometimes people experience painful sex and just pain in their pelvic region when you're ovulating, this is a really common time. And not that you wanna see that, but it is a signal that something hormonally is going on, And it, but it can be fixed. Um, and so if you're having pain during sex, I think um, one, you should get it checked out by a doctor, but two, Balancing your hormones is always going to help. Making sure that you you pay attention to your cycle, you know your cycle, and you start fostering that. I have lots of podcasts on cycle syncing. I have the five-day hormonal reset, all of which I'll link up in the show notes that can help you to recalibrate your cycle and your hormones. And again, increase lubrication and even increase the thickness of your vaginal wall, which can all help prevent that. Now, there are other things like your pelvic region or your pelvic bones being out of whack and misaligned um, and your uterus could be tilted. So there's a lot of other things which can be helped by things like chiropractic adjustments, yoga, inversions, acupuncture. All of those things really can help uh, realign your pelvic region to be in a healthier position. And something that we're gonna talk about next week on the podcast is really just strengthening your pelvic floor. This is really common, especially if you've given birth, is that women's pelvic floors are so weak and incapable of really staying healthy. And so strengthening your pelvic floor, which again, I have an expert on that's gonna talk all about that next week, can be so beneficial. But again, if you're having painful sex, make sure that you go to the doctor. If they rule out the main issues, then look naturally at it. Try fixing your hormones and try some other things like even inversions and chiropractic practical adjustments to help realign that. So that's my two cents about painful sex. I know I'm flying through this. If you have more specific questions, make sure you email me at alexa at simperwitzwellness.com and I can help you out further. But painful sex should not happen. It should not occur. If it's cyclical, of course, sometimes there can be discomfort, but really at the end of the day, it should not be painful at all. So if it is, get help. The last question that I'm gonna answer quickly here has to do with hair loss and hair thinning. Now, what they're finding is that more and more women are dealing with hair thinning and hair loss 
at an early age, like even in the 20s and 30s. Most of this is going to be linked to PCOS, which is an imbalance in testosterone and estrogen um, causing a host of other things, but one of them is just being hair loss. Now, this has to do with a conversion to testosterone and actually uh, a metabolite of testosterone. And what happens is this is that it interferes with the hair follicles and actually makes the hair fall out of the follicle. Now we see this again in men and balding. This also is a testosterone issue in many cases. Some people think it's quote unquote genetic, but our epigenetics is regulating that. And yes, while men do have a gene to bald, it really boils down to their testosterone levels and the conversion of testosterone into different forms. So testosterone troubles really is the number one cause of hair thinning in men and in young women. However, we're also seeing that this testosterone imbalance can be linked back to insulin sensitivities um, or insulin imbalances. So our body maybe is taking in too much sugar and it throws our insulin way out of whack, which is gonna disrupt our ovulation and signal the ovaries to make more testosterone. So yes, too much sugar, too much insulin can actually signal in our ovaries and women to make more testosterone. The same goes for men, throwing the testosterone all out of whack causing this imbalance, which then again goes back to the metabolites that use testosterone to cause this hair follicle issue. So one thing, again, is balancing your hormones, which is always gonna be the cause in many of these problems because our hormones really do run our show. But getting rid of sugar or our sugar imbalances can really help with that. Another thing is, is excess estrogen can cause it. So different points in your cycle, we also see this post-pregnancy due to the drop in estrogen. So essentially what estrogen is gonna do for our hair is it's going to increase the resting phase, meaning the hair will naturally shed, right? But it's gonna increase the length of time before it sheds off. So once we have a drop in estrogen, like after giving birth, you'll notice a spike in hair loss and that's just due to excess shedding. That doesn't mean you won't grow it back, it's just meaning it's falling out at faster rates. Um, and once your estrogen levels even out, you will get that back. And the last most common thing is thyroid imbalances. However, they think that thyroid imbalance is less likely to cause hair problems than is something like PCOS or the insulin imbalance, which again is really, really common in this day and age. Um, but thyroid imbalance, again, are highly dependent on vitamins and minerals. So if you're deficient in micronutrients, you will see more stress on your body, which will cause an increase in hair loss. So those are the main reasons for hair loss is occurring, how do you get it back? Well, basically you wanna make sure that you have adequate amounts of micronutrients, so vitamins and minerals. You're trying to de-stress or work on stress as much as you can in your body and you're balancing your hormones, which means you're taking into account your blood sugar and you're really just doing cycle seeking. Again, a lot of this is always gonna boil back to hormones fixing our hormones. There's so many symptoms that have to do with hormonal imbalance. It's crazy. And yet fixing our hormones is really not as difficult as it's out to be. I have a quick five-day hormonal reset that can help jumpstart your body to do what it's designed to do and to give it the environment to do that. So make sure you head on over to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 107 to get more information about that. But other natural fixes to help with hair loss or to help prevent hair loss is one, to go back and listen to the dandruff podcast because dandruff can cause hair loss. But more than that, you could take more collagen in because collagen helps your skin, hair, and nails. Also doing scalp massages with essential oils um, can be beneficial. So I'm gonna link over in the show notes a little spray that you can do that you can help increase hair growth and maintain it so you can prevent hair loss. 
But the biggest culprit, again, in hair loss is going to be your hormones. So you have to fix your hormones first, and then you can start doing these other things to help maintain your hair and to help it to grow. Now, there is some controversy that products and chemicals can impact your hair. Of course, over-treating your hair can be really hard on it and make it fall out. But if you're treating your hair well and it's falling out, then it's most likely due to a hormonal imbalance. So fix your hormones, fix so many other things, including painful sex, and a lot of the other topics that we discovered here on your most embarrassing health questions answered. Now, I know that was quick, and I know I went through three questions, but again, like I said, you can find all the natural remedies over in the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 107, and I hope that was insightful. I hope I answered so many of your most embarrassing health questions so you don't have to turn to Dr. Google all the time, and know that you had more questions, but some of them I'm saving for full episodes because they really deserve that length of time. Like always, if you have questions, please send them over to alexa at simperitswellness.com. And don't forget to sign up for my weekly email where we can connect more in depth. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this series as well as the mindset series this summer. I had so much fun just diving into a specific topic and I hope you did as well. Coming up this fall, we have a lot more podcasts. Like I mentioned, next week, we're talking all about the pelvic floor, doing Kegels the right way and how it can impact the whole your total body health. It's gonna be so fun. And then we have more hormonal guests coming up, seasonality. I mean, there's just so many good ones coming up. So stay tuned. In the meantime, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Alexa Sherm and check out my Instagram post because I'm gonna be showing more in depth how to make these natural cures work for you. So again, follow me on Instagram at Alexa Sherm. In the meantime, I'll be back next week with the podcast on your pelvic floor. Have a great weekend and I'll see you then.